0: we <laughs>
1: folks, thanks for listening to our next episode of the Jedi Council Council Cast. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. We're glad to have you. It's It's been a really fun project, and uh, and we're, we're having a good time with it. I, or I am. I don't want to speak for you. Too, <laughs> I'm having
0: a good time, too. And actually, if this is the first time you're listening, maybe we should just recap a little of what we do. You
1: know what? That's a great idea. We should probably be better about introducing ourselves. I like to just rush right into the fun stuff. So, uh, yeah, uh, CouncilCast, it's a project that we kind of got, um, kind of a side project to our blog that we started, Jedi Council. Um, I'm Brandon Sachs, and I'm a fourth year PhD student studying clinical psychology at North Dakota State University.
0: And I'm Katie Gordon. I'm a professor in clinical psychology at North Dakota State. Yeah, in
1: the Jedi Council blog, the reason that we got it started was just because we had some, what we thought were interesting and fun conversations about some fictional characters, particularly starting with Darth Vader. We thought that might be an interesting way to maybe educate people a little bit about psychology and the nature of it, and uh, and maybe treatment options and diagnoses and different things like that by using fictional characters just as a way to get people interested in psychology and everything that entails. As a part of that, we got this podcast started because... Um, at both being academics, we do love to talk and we thought maybe you'd love to listen. So thank you for listening. We out. hope you do. Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, we do like to start things off a little bit with some current events. Um, current events recently, Katie, um, politics, it's all over. The, its I mean, this is it. I mean, that's the news cycle right now and all the way through November is going to be politics. So we've got, um, I mean, there's a lot of different stories and I'm certain we could make an entire separate politics focused podcast. But for today, perhaps, one thing I've noticed a lot of, and I think you have as well, is a lot of focus on um, the Republican nominee, Donald Trump. A big part of that that I've seen both in the form of news articles as well as Facebook posts is a lot of people, I don't know what's the right way to describe it, maybe Uh, armchair diagnosing Donald Trump with uh, different mental disorders. And the reason I use this term armchair is just because there's not any formal diagnosis being done. And these conclusions are being made entirely based off of observations through the media.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. And on top of that, it seems like some people who are not in the field are um, but dissatisfied or angry about some of the behaviors that Trump has displayed use mental health terms as insults. So Mm -hmm. they'll call him um, totally bipolar or something like that. They'll post something like that on social media. In fact, it was trending on Twitter, Diagnose Trump, and there were a lot of people Mm -hmm. just really trying to say that all of the behavior they didn't like about him was due to having a mental disorder.
1: Absolutely. So to get trending on twitter is a big deal so i from what i understand i don't totally understand the e- uh, equations or dynamics or what it takes we to We haven't get achieved
0: it yet let's we, just say we haven't that gotten <laughs> something to, trending to work towards we're
1: getting there but uh, but i i mean that certainly means that, uh, nonetheless that a lot of people are tweeting about this mm-hmm. so certainly this di- it was diagnosed trump diagnosed Is that what the trump, hashtag yep. was so that's certainly something that people are talking about so maybe you know uh, our fellow or loyal listeners are wondering this guy's certainly got a mental disorder. What's the problem with that? Uh, what I mean, just kind of exploring the idea. So there are, I, I, you kind of, you've hinted at it here, and I think it's great that, that we jump into this a little more. There is a problem in that I think, first of all, there's no formal diagnostic procedure being done, and it's, it's a dangerous game to assume that someone has a mental disorder. But I think maybe even more importantly than that is the fashion in which mental disorders are being used as a way to portray Donald Trump in a negative light.
0: Yeah, so it seems like there are a couple different issues. And um, the idea of using terms, so like if you don't like someone's behavior or you find it despicable, and rather than saying, I find that behavior despicable, you say they're totally psychotic. Yes. People that suffer from psychotic symptoms, people that we've treated, for example, Mm -hmm. Will feel hurt by that. I think it's an insult. It's saying that someone. It, it's saying that the condition they're suffering, not by any fault of their own, is some reflection of their character or or their morality or something like that. And so it can be really hurtful and discouraging in that way. I think that it might prevent people from coming forward and being open about having mental disorders because. They see, well, other people think that people who have
1: what you just shared is a really great one. And I think it really sends on the point that we're trying to make here in that describing something as being psychotic, which is an interesting choice. I think particularly when you're describing someone who is engaging in behaviors that you don't like, because that's not really what psychosis uh, entails. So I mean I think and I think that's another big part of where a lot of the foundation of this maybe comes from is is just a, a basic misunderstanding of what a lot of these terms mean and hopefully we can maybe shed a little bit of light on that today.
0: That's right and and I think that you know for example psychotic sometimes people just say it when they say the behavior that the person's mm-hmm. doing they don't like as we were talking mm-hmm. about but what it actually means is not being able to tell what's real from what's unreal. So if someone is talking about someone being Delusional. It's possible that it fits, but that wasn't Mm -hmm. the level that most of this was going on. They're just tweets saying he's totally psychotic, hashtag diagnosed Trump. And so in that case, what comes to my mind immediately are the clients I've treated with schizophrenia or bipolar 1 or other types of psychotic disorders and how they might feel about that type of thing.
1: Absolutely. I've got one client in mind who I'm remembering who had some pretty severe visual and auditory uh, hallucinations, and it was incredibly impairing for him. He had a very hard time. Um, doing several different things in his lives just because of having this experience so I don't think that's something that if I was experiencing I, I can't imagine what that would be like but I don't think I would feel very good if someone is using that as an insult for someone else or to describe someone else's behavior that's totally unrelated to that experience.
0: That That's right so I you know bipolar by, by psychotic those are things that come to my mind mm-hmm. what are some other things you've heard people just say maybe in casual conversation they're mm-hmm. not talking about the disorder but nonetheless can be stigmatizing.
1: Mm-hmm. A few jumped to mind for me right away. So I think a jumping-off point for me in, in talking about this is I hear the term sociopath or psychopath a lot, and I think part of that is these... these. So let me take a step back here. I think a part of that is, is there's kind of this certain fascination that's arisen in, I don't know, the last 10 years maybe with kind of like serial killers and, and this uh, you know criminal minds TV show and there's a Hannibal TV show canceled now, I think. I've never watched it. We have a friend who likes it a lot, though. Refused to watch it. Sorry, Matt, if you're listening. Um <laughs> I haven't had a direct call-out before on this show, so. Maybe we
0: should... As we're talking about being nice, we like to then show that we're not. Yes! <laughs> it's a very special it's, way. It's a special be. example.
1: So, uh, it's getting back on point here, so I think that part of what got people maybe familiar with these terms perhaps, perhaps is this, you know, we have this new... Fascination with serial killers. So then people kind of have these terms, sociopath, psychopath. Maybe they're not totally familiar with what they mean, but they just use them to describe certain people without totally understanding the implications of what those terms actually mean. Another one that I hear a lot too that's semi related to the terms sociopath and psychopath is antisocial. And I always hear this one when people are just, don't want to be around other people. They may be feeling a little introverted or a little socially worn out and they say, I'm just so antisocial. And it's like, I'd. I mean, and that's, perhaps that example is a little, I don't want to say harmless, they're not using it to attack someone, but they are perpetuating um, an incorrect definition of a term, a very clinical term.
0: Yeah, that's right, and you you can see where it's coming from. In Mm -hmm. that case, I mean, antisocial could sound like you don't like socializing, Mm -hmm. but... Listeners, if you're interested in knowing the difference and and, and aren't sure of the difference, it actually refers to a pattern of violating Mm -hmm. social norms. So the antisocial is going against typical social norms, like reciprocity, not hurting other people, and those types of things. So when someone has that, you tend to see things like criminal behavior taking advantage of others. So it means something a little bit different. Mm -hmm. But you're right, compared to some of the other ones, that's not usually hurled as an insult. Right.
1: Mm -hmm. But certainly, I mean, just in terms of talking about when individuals might be using mental or psychological terms incorrectly. Mm-hmm. It is an example that I hear relatively often.
0: What they mean is maybe that they're introverted. Yeah. Or it could mm-hmm. be social anxiety in some cases. Absolutely. But for some people, it's just that they prefer to spend more time on their own, which is not a clinical issue.
1: Absolutely not. Um, another one, and I th- you hinted at this one already, was bipolar. I hear this one quite a bit, actually. Uh, oh, man, that person's so bipolar. And uh, it's like, man goodness sakes i've met people and worked with people who have bipolar disorder and it's unbelievably debilitating and uh and just really presents a lot of challenges for individuals who are seeking treatment or or maybe uh, aren't able to seek treatment but are still suffering from the symptoms and and i think the thing and i you know i actually hear this with depressed a lot too mm-hmm. and now that i think about it mm-hmm. oh, i'm so depressed today and I'm not trying to invalidate anyone who maybe is suffering from depression and is commenting on that. That very well could be the case. I don't think that people who are depressed often just say, I'm just depressed today. Depression, as you know, and listeners, maybe you don't know yet, is a, you know, a pervasive uh, state. It's not something that you're just feeling for the day. So that's, that's another one. And, and I don't know, for better or worse, I have commented when people say this before, you know, oh, I'm so depressed today. I say, well, you know, that's, maybe sometimes I'm a little confrontational about it, but because I feel strongly about it, I say, well, you know, that's kind of cheapening the the experience of people who are suffering from clinical depression. That's a very serious problem uh, with a lot of implications and a lot of symptoms. So, you know, maybe it's a little bit more accurate to say that, you know, you're not feeling very well today, you're feeling down to date.
0: Yeah, and yeah. It's, a, it's a tough balance, I think, because it, it's just when you have terms that are used clinically and then used to describe things in a more common Mm -hmm. or lay way. So for example, I remember Facebook used to have as one of their feeling choices, they could pick feeling fat. And a lot of eating disorder professionals were very unhappy about Mm -hmm. that because a lot of an eating disorder treatment, what you're trying to do is talk about that fat is not a feeling. That's not one of the emotions. And and often identifying emotions can be helpful in recovering from eating disorders. So a lot of it is educational Mm -hmm. and what we're talking about and trying to clear up misconceptions. And other times it's much worse than that, where it's actually trying to insult someone by saying that they're mentally Mm -hmm. ill. And there's a long history of insulting and alienating people Mm -hmm. and treating them poorly. And so I think that's what makes us a little sensitive to that. So that's one aspect of it. But there's this whole other aspect of it about whether mental health professionals should comment. So Mm -hmm. they know the terms and things like that. um, But the question is whether it's ethical for psychologists, psychiatrists, other mental health professionals to try to diagnose someone that they haven't met. And so there's kind of an interesting history there. Mm-hmm. Um, Barry Goldwater, who was running for president, in 1964, Fact Magazine sent out they, – they got a list of psychiatrists from the American Psychiatric Association, and they asked approximately 12,000 psychiatrists – whether they thought Goldwater was unfit to assume the presidency. And what happened is the response was such that out of 12,000, they only got about 2,400 responses back. And out of that, that small group that responded, a little over 1,000 said, yes, we think Goldwater is unfit to assume the presidency. So what Fact Magazine did, which is certainly a media thing to do, is they just had a headline and sold the story is, we have over 1,000 Psychiatrists who say Goldwater is unfit for presidency, and there is a huge problem with that. Scientifically, it's a problem because the what we call selection bias. Basically, only 2,000 out of 12,000 responded. You have to wonder if the people who responded felt strongly about it and were more likely to respond. So it doesn't really give an accurate idea of how everyone felt. You really just get those who are interested. Plus, maybe they saw what the magazine was and knew that they were probably going to criticize this candidate and those mm-hmm. who weren't interested didn't want to respond. So, so anyway, there's a problem with the science part of it. But then what happened with that claim is that the psychiatric profession was in trouble because Goldwater actually sued for libel, saying that you, you can't say this kind of negative information about me and won mm-hmm. the lawsuit. And so what it followed after that was in 1973, the American Psychiatry Psychiatric Association, or the APA, developed an official rule. And, and I'm just going to read it. So it's commonly called the Goldwater Rule because that's kind of what sparked this. But it, it doesn't actually name that in that. And it's in the Principles of medical medical ethics with annotations especially applicable to psychiatry and what it says is on occasion psychiatrists are asked for an opinion about an individual who is in the light of public attention or who has disclosed information about himself or herself through public media In such circumstances a psychiatrist may share with the public his or her expertise about psychiatric issues in general however it is unethical for a psychiatrist to offer a professional opinion unless he or she has conducted an examination and has been granted proper authorization for such a statement. Mm-hmm. So that's the Goldwater rule. What are your reactions to that?
1: Well, I, uh, two, two questions jumped out in okay. mind when I am thinking about this, and I'm, I'm trying to channel our listeners and okay. think about what they might be wondering. The first one is, so this is a really interesting example, the, this uh, situation with Barry Goldwater running for president and being criticized by certain individuals based on uh, psychiatric sort of means. But it's still happening about 50 years later. Isn't That's that? kind of interesting, <laughs> it isn't it? It is not it yeah. Almost, uh, so not the specific example, of course. Mm-hmm. We haven't had a magazine publish something with based on a survey, of course. But I, I th- it's almost analogous in some ways to the trending on Twitter. Oh, yeah. um, of course, that doesn't come from purely a psychiatric population of providers, but it is still in a lot of ways kind of similar. So it's kind of interesting that this precedent was set, a legal precedent even, at, at that, but the, that's still kind of a, a thing that's happening. Fifty years later, we still have this uh, presidential uh, nominee being criticized um, on the basis of mental health.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting, too, and I don't know a lot about the ethics part of this within the, the medical profession other than psychiatry, but I've also heard comments by people who have not medically evaluated Hillary Clinton, but they're also mm-hmm. judging her physical health, mm-hmm. and some have made comments on her mental health. I think that's been probably if you look at the data i'm I'm guessing that it's more been on Trump, but there's certainly mm-hmm. been some of that with Clinton, and there sure has been on her physical health and oh, so that that brings up some of these other ideas and and in some cases i mean are are they looking at records or examinations? Is it pure speculation? I think that's part of why the role is there it's hard. To distinguish what mm-hmm. these people are basing their ideas
1: on, mm-hmm. it is interesting. Another thing that I'm wondering if maybe the the loyal listeners that we have might be sitting at home asking themselves is, well, you know, they've got this precedent for it. They, you know, we, we shouldn't be making these diagnoses through the media based on you know people who are known through the media for whatever means. But what's the problem with it? Maybe they're asking themselves that. I'm wondering. You know, we've seen Trump. Um, display certain types of behavior. How do you think, uh, you know, someone from maybe more of a position like us, maybe might respond to so- someone who's just genuinely curious? Just well, you know, he's done this. He's done this. He's done this. That's consistent with maybe what you see in a, in us. A narcissistic personality disorder. I could see someone asking that question.
0: Yeah, I think that is a great question, and actually, there. This is where some of the controversy has been: Mm -hmm. is the idea that mental health professionals should chime in? Yes, maybe we can't definitively diagnose something having not evaluated someone. And and another issue is that a lot of the samples of behavior that we have are in specific settings. It's Mm -hmm. while running for president. It's Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. in the past has been reality TV. I mean, there. So some people have wondered, can you really get a full grasp of what's going on? And there have been strong, compelling arguments on both sides that we have a lot of samples of his behavior thanks to his fame. And yes, we can say, um, for example, if someone insults him and he threatens them physically, some people can say that is a pattern that's consistent with a narcissistic behavior, mm-hmm. even if they aren't formally diagnosing the person. And so the controversy has been in, should we actually use diagnostic terms and information when describing that behavior? What what does that offer? Does it change it if it's due to a mental disorder versus that's just the behavior that the mm-hmm. person's doing? And and I, I actually, I admit that I when I first started thinking about it, I really liked the way that the Goldwater Rule was conservative. You don't diagnose unless you have the accurate information, mm-hmm. and that's not fair. But after reading some arguments on the other side, which said things like it's an opportunity to educate the public or to discuss certain behaviors, I was kind of compelled by that. And this this article I read, which we can link to, went a step further and said that it is actually the ethical responsibility of mental health professionals if they see someone with a mental disorder that could harm people to tell the public about Mm -hmm. that, that there's a duty to warn, and then they go into some examples about that. So I I don't know. I I kind of can see both sides of this issue.
1: It does certainly seem to be a a certain ethical gray area perhaps, because both sides I think do make compelling arguments, and you know, to the extent that you're not using these terms as a way to speak about someone in a negative way or insult them, I think that's a pretty clear-cut case. But when you have individuals who truly and professionally believe that someone in the uh, you know the public arena is having some of these you know certain behaviors that might be problematic in a position of leadership and are speaking out I mean I can see why they're doing that that does make sense to me whether or not that's appropriate or not is certainly an area that makes for interesting discussion I think
0: yeah and I think that in reality there's probably a nuanced way to say it which is if someone's seriously asking you know, I mean, the term psychopath has been thrown around and people are asking, does this person have a conscience? And if there is some way to understand that information for the public good, it can be communicated cautiously. You know, Mm. I haven't directly done that, but based on this evidence. And I think this rule is based on the idea of you need to be extremely cautious before talking about this. But it does go a step further. I mean, it says you shouldn't talk about people specifically. Mm -hmm. So um, it's... It's not as easy as don't do it or yes, you can do it. I Mm -hmm. think it's somewhere in the middle. But channeling our listeners, I might ask you a question now,
1: if you don't mind.
0: Isn't all that you Jedi Council people do speculate about people you haven't assessed?
1: Fans (laughs) of of psychology do. We're sitting around and discussing some of our favorite (laughs) fictional characters and and discussing, well, perhaps this person meets the diagnostic criteria for this disorder. And they said, Brandon, chime in, wait. You know, what are your thoughts on this? And I said, I think this is dumb. We don't have enough information to come to a conclusive decision. Those same people have since come (laughs) back and confronted me about this entire project, which is just such a valid. Criticism of me and my life choices. Uh,
0: I like to think of it as being (laughs) open-minded to other points of view and growth.
1: That's what I told them. (laughs) They inspired me, and I thought about it, and it turned into this.
0: So thank you, yes, challengers. Thank thank you, challengers.
1: (laughs) No, it's a great question. So I think, I think that it is similar to what we do, but I think we set a pretty clear picture right at the start. So our blog posts are. You know, we try to write them in a really fun, engaging way and say, well, you know, I met with Michael Scott at the clinic. Believe it or not, I didn't meet with Michael Scott at the clinic. (laughs) As much
0: as you would like to, As much as I would love to,
1: absolutely. So I think that's one area where, you know, we're very clear from the front and and, in when we've talked about why we do this project, which is to get people interested in mental health and dispel some of these myths and maybe help people have an accurate representation of what certain mental disorders or psychopathology looks like and then help maybe help people learn a little bit about some of the different treatments that are available for these disorders and I think using fictional characters is a way that no one's getting hurt over it I mean, uh, maybe people who feel very strongly about these characters and don't believe that they're <laughs> suffering, they could maybe talk to us about that and make an argument. But it seems really unlikely to me. People seem to like this and stuff. As
0: you've heard, we're both open to evolving oh, perspectives absolutely. on things. Absolutely, feel free to send yes, us a message if that happens.
1: I've had uh, I've had more than one person talk to me about my Batman conclusions mm-hmm. and say, "You know, Brandon, you're wrong. You don't know anything about Batman or psychology." Which hurt my own feelings. (laughs) That's (laughs) pretty harsh. But, uh, no, so, yeah, and and I think that's another thing. We certainly aren't uh, ironclad in our conclusions. Mm -hmm. The reason we're doing this is to get people talking and thinking and and enjoying uh, the characters and maybe learning a a little bit something about treatment and and psychology and, uh, and getting something that's rooted in the science and in the literature. And maybe learning about the process in a way that maybe if someday down the line they're struggling with something and say, well, you know, you know I this favorite fictional character that I have maybe is struggling for something too, and and I don't know if that's cheesy or not, but maybe it can help some people get some help. So I think I think the way that we have a certain level of transparency openness to challengers of which i've received (laughs) and uh
0: more than me uh, but maybe maybe because well it's it's pretty yeah batman people are pretty attached to the idea of there being a ptsd Mm -hmm. i think they are no i absolutely agree
1: and and i don't think and i've read a fair amount of of batman stuff i don't think i've ever seen someone have a similar conclusion to what i had so Mm -hmm. so i and i'm fine with that um so I, I think that's that's therein lies the difference in that we're doing this from an education stance and, and an entertainment stance of course as well. We're not doing this to be hurtful. We would like to help someone ultimately with this.
0: Yeah, I think the hurtful brings up another thing that's really important to me because I think when most people think about Darth Vader, they think, Wow, Darth Vader is evil. So if you give Darth Vader a diagnosis which we came to the conclusion was narcissistic personality disorder and someone gets diagnosed with that, does that mean I'm like Darth Vader? Mm-hmm. So this is where I think the difference between a tweet and hopefully a lengthy blog post differ, and mm-hmm. that we actually both feel a lot of compassion, as a lot of people do, for mm-hmm. Anakin Skywalker and for Darth Vader. And so when you're reading about that, the idea isn't just to insult this villain mm-hmm. by using a mental disorder term. Rather, it's trying to understand how does someone get to that point and, and how do you treat that? How do Mm -hmm. you work with it? And that's a big part of what we're doing, too. And so, honestly, the hope is that with multiple disclaimers, Mm -hmm. transparency, openness to change, and actually linking to information about the scientific approach. So you'll notice in our diagnostic impressions and treatment sections, we take a scientific approach. Mm -hmm. We're gathering evidence and examples supporting our impressions Mm -hmm. of what they are. And so that is... The way that we like to conduct ourselves as mental health professionals, and then hopefully, it's kind of demystifying some of that process along no, the way.
1: Absolutely, and and that's actually a, a a large approach I take in my clinical work too. And I think I've talked maybe a little bit about this because there is a lot of mysticism around mental health, mm-hmm. and I and I'm not sure. Uh, hopefully, this can help with that. And I find that clients, I mean, they're really relieved when you say, "Well, yeah, you're suffering from depression." A lot of people suffer from depression. There are treatments for depression. Let's take the magic out of this and break it down and and talk about it in medical terms and scientific terms. And let's get going on treatment. They know what they need to do and they know they have the capacity to get better. Uh, So I think taking that magic out of it for not only individuals who maybe are suffering currently, but maybe just for the population generally and broadly. I think, has the capacity to do a lot of good.
0: That's that's what we really hope. And honestly, in linking this back to Trump, the other thing is that if someone... So talking about that controversy and my own ambivalence about the mm-hmm. Goldwater Rule, I think that if someone laid out, these are some specific behaviors and they're consistent with these symptoms of this disorder, even to me, that would be different than a tweet or just, I'm just calling him names and mm-hmm. I'm not talking about it. Yes. I think you could make a reasonable case that, you know... Based on these five behaviors, these seem consistent with these symptoms. And that's a totally different approach than just throwing stuff out there without any information because that really does take away the education. And also the other argument that was made by APA is that it also undermines the scientific part of what we do. Everyone Mm -hmm. is not a mental health professional who can just sit there and speculate. We have training and we have systematic measures and diagnostic tools. Even Michael Scott was given... uh, Mm -hmm personality question there to figure out Mm -hmm. and a lot of that is to show that it's not it's beyond speculation and because what we do know from science is that people who just use their gut rather than this approach don't tend to be as accurate in their diagnoses and people don't get the treatment that
1: they need absolutely so we just have a few minutes left here so maybe this might be a good a good place to start wrapping it up thinking about take-home points for today's episode a couple at least yeah i think a couple come to mind for me jump in i think a big one is is just being mindful of the way that you're speaking you know if it's a it's a, a different lexicon for different people who have different training and different experiences of course but maybe for a least let's take take a step back and think about it a little bit and the next time that maybe you say oh, i'm so depressed today maybe just reflect on that for a second and, and what that experience might mean for you compared to someone else i, I think that's one it's just to be mindful of the language that you use
0: yeah and and maybe along those lines if you want to call someone a jerk or something much more profane Maybe just call them that profanity. Mm-hmm. I'm in support of that, rather than calling them psychotic or something like I, that.
1: I think that's an important point to make. Is I, I don't th- I, the point that I that I don't the the point we were not trying to make is don't criticize people.
0: Yeah.
1: People who engage in certain actions are susceptible and deserving of people being critical Especially of the things they're doing. Especially public insane. figures Absolutely. and people who
0: are running to be president we should be extremely critical Absolutely. of each of their actions. Absolutely.
1: The point that I think we we're trying to make is don't use mental health terms as a way to insult those people. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yep.
1: So I think that would be a, maybe a related but second take-home point. Uh, and I think those are probably the two biggest ones of, of kind of take-out of today's episode. It's just being mindful of that language and, and try not to use, or maybe more strongly don't use mental health disorders as a way of insulting people someone whom you do or do not know or anyone.
0: If you're looking for insults that are not offensive in terms of mental health, message us. We're happy to send you oh, a list yeah. of our favorite insults that we call Please. people as alternatives Please. it's a service we can provide. We
1: we would be happy in the in in the mission of advocating for mental health, <laughs> we are happy to help you find alternative insults <laughs> for your, your enemies. <laughs> it's
0: a bit of a specialty area for us <laughs> in our personal lives.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much for listening in as listening in as always, folks. We really appreciate it. Uh we maybe talking a little bit about uh, I don't think we've ever been clear on a schedule for things that we do. <laughs> that might be a good thing to talk about and maybe post about too. So as it stands currently, we're going to be shooting to do one blog post on or around the first of every month. And we are uploading a podcast weekly. That will be posted Thursday or Friday, barring some sort of technical difficulties or hiccups. Uh, so a weekly podcast, a monthly blog post. Yeah, I've got that right. Yep, so look for that uh, Uh, we're having another office character at the end of this month beginning of next month so that was a big hit last time people really seemed to like michael scott so look forward to that if you've got any characters you're at home you're watching you're watching netflix you're watching stranger things like everyone should be because it's so good uh and you're wondering about these characters and saying gosh you know who i love is those jedi council folks i wonder what they'd make of this character get on facebook get on twitter write us a letter just send us those names. We've got a list going, when, and we'd love to write about the characters that you're interested in. And like I always say, it gives me an excuse to sit and watch an entire TV series. So I can't argue with that. No,
0: that's about as fun as it gets.
1: Absolutely. Otherwise, check out our Facebook page. Uh, we, we're on Facebook. You know us. You love us. Follow us on there. <laughs> uh, we're on Twitter. You've got us there. We, we are getting the, getting the followers. Tweet about us. And, uh, and and of course our, our normal website and our I think we've got a website on I, everything's all linked you can find if you find mm-hmm. one you'll find them all yeah. um,
0: Jedi um, hyphen council c o u n s e l dot lcom is our website where you can find all of this information
1: absolutely yeah get get on there and check it out and talk to us. We're psychologists and, and teachers. We love to talk. I sure mean, do. That's my favorite thing. <laughs> so get on there and talk with us. And, and as always, just thank you so much for being a part of this, uh, this really fun project that we've kind of got going. It's, it's taken off here, and we've really enjoyed it. So we're open to any and all feedback. What do you want, who do you want us to write about? What do you want to hear us talking about? Just let us know, and we're happy to do that.
0: Yeah, thank so. you for your support, and we, we just really appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. Thank you very much, and we'll see you next time.